Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. Cameraman, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he wanna go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. You're not that great. I'm a bad man. I don't want Everybody for tuning in and listening to all those that are downloading the show every time it comes out. We want to say thank you. We want to invite you to follow us on Twitter at Majority MMA, like us on Facebook, The Majority Decision, and subscribe to the show so that you can get it downloaded right to your listening device every time there is a new one. Big week in the world of mixed martial arts, a lot of news, and of course tomorrow night we have... UFC 204. Uh, Faz, what's going on, man? Man, you know what? I've been watching the build-up for UFC 204, and you know what? I've grown to become kind of a Bisping fan. Everybody's going to hate me for saying that, but I kind of have, just because, you know, just because everything he went through to, you know, finally get to that belt, but, you know, at the same time, I'm a huge Dan Anderson fan, and that would be the Cinderella story if he won tomorrow night. You don't have to like Michael Bisping, but I think at this point in his career, you have to respect him. And Correct. I think um, for me, I was uh, I was not a fan of Michael Bisping for years and years. I felt like he was one of those guys that was protected early on in his career because he was such a popular fighter overseas. And, um, you know, he kind of proved that out when – the big fight would come, and he'd come up short. The title shot was elusive, but then finally he got the title shot. He got the big fight with Anderson Silva. He got the title shot, and he made it happen. He got the wins, and now he's the champion. And uh, huge, huge rematch for him tomorrow night, Dan Henderson. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I it, Either way it goes, you know, it's uh, it'd be cool to see Bisping win because you finally get to see somebody defend a belt and not lose it immediately, right? 
but it would be cool. I mean, and it'd be cool to see Dan Anderson win just to, you know, capture that, that dream. But then he's saying he's just going to vacate it anyway. So then you still have another vacated belt. So it's, uh, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's a weird deal for me. Yeah, it'll be an inter- it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that of that fight is, and uh, we'll get to our picks a little bit later. But uh, let's run through some quick quick news. Um, EJ Penn was set to make his return to the octagon at UFC Fight Night 97 in the Philippines, and an injury has forced him out of that fight. And for the first time in two years, the UFC has canceled an event. EJ Penn got pulled off that event, and they went ahead and called it quits and shut it down. Wow. That's uh well that's different. That was a uh that was a fight pass card. Man, I was kinda looking forward to that one. That was next week, wasn't it? Yes, I believe so. Wow, they just shut they just makes it even a more interesting move because if they're a, a week away, you gotta think that they've already sold tickets. And, I mean, are, are they afraid of refunds? Or I, I, don't, I don't get why they would cancel it and basically just uh, kind of – well, I mean, I, I don't think they're putting the screws to the guys that aren't going to get the fight because I'm sure they'll be taken care of. But, uh, I don't know, I hate to see a fight get uh, get canceled, an entire card get canceled. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, we've seen it happen once before uh, because of uh, weird circumstances. So. If it's you know if there if he's a week out and he got injured, I can understand not being able to find a replacement main event. I don't know who you had in the main event. Obviously, there were probably uh, guys who don't have you know huge names or whatever it might be. But I just I don't know, man. I that's that's kind of a weird deal. You know what do you do in that situation? You're running a fight pass card and. Your huge draw to that fight pass card gets injured with a week to go. You can't even find a replacement with a week to go. I mean, that's uh, that's a super short notice fight. That's an easy win for Ricardo Lamas, even if he gets somebody to come in there and fight him. I just don't. I just don't think they made the right call on this. I mean, I think you got. I'm looking at the card. You got eleven other. You got eleven other fights on that card. That's. Uh, or 10 other fights on that card, that's 20 guys that just spent the last couple of months of their life getting ready for a fight, you know, and, and even and even more so to me that it is a fight pass card. Um, you know, it's not like they're paying for it to be on television or getting paid for it to be on television or whatever. It's a subscription-based yeah. model, so they're not losing any revenue by just putting on the card as is. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that decision at all. Yeah, it's kind of an odd deal, man. I, you know, I don't think they should cancel the card. Are you pretty sure they're canceling the whole card on that? Yeah, it's absolutely canceled. They're going to reschedule uh, Penn and uh, Lamas probably, uh, probably in December. Well, regardless of Penn and Lamas, I mean. Yeah, Which apparently is all I mean, they care about anyway. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about eleven other fights, right? Somebody there probably could have been bumped up, or you know, 
don't know. Pull, pull two ladies off the Invicta car. Throw them on. I mean, you know, whatever. It, there's something you can do there, right? Yeah, and, you know, and then all the fans that uh, in the Philippines, you know, it's not like they're just pumping out fight cards left and right in the Philippines. So it stinks for all the people that bought tickets and thought they were going to get to, get to go see a fight. Right. Right. I mean, that's, uh, that's probably something, you know, new for them. I don't, you know, we're not, they're not putting on a lot of them. I mean, I think the Philippines probably majority is, you, you probably see a lot of one FC shows and uh, whatnot over there. You probably see a lot of that promotion. I think that happens more so, uh, you know, in that area, but, uh, Man, I don't, I don't know why they would cancel the whole card. That just doesn't make any sense to me, right? It's not – you're not out any, you know. It's not like it's a pay-per-view. It's not, you know – I don't know. It's kind of a weird deal. That's that's strange to me that he would just cancel the card like that. That's uh, – I wonder if that – I wonder if that was uh, over Dana White's head on that decision. Yeah, that – yeah, it, it may have been, and – I want to bring that up in our in one of our other things that I want to talk about in a second. Before we get to that, um, a little bit of rumors going around that um, George St. Pierre. I mean, obviously we know. I think we've all pretty much come to grips that it's not if he fights again, it's just when. But it looks like yeah. what, what they got lined up for him is a uh, December December fight with uh, Anderson Silva. That seems to be the hot rumor right now. Really? Man. God, man. That's... I don't know why everybody's so excited for that fight. I just I just don't see that fight faring well for GSP. I mean, we just watched Anderson Silva on, you know, <laughs> on, I don't know, what, a morning's notice <laughs> fight Daniel Cormier? I mean, that's, I mean... And look and look halfway decent. He didn't look halfway that bad. I just don't see that being a good fight for George St. Pierre. You know, I think it just depends on how St. Pierre translates to 185. Um, if he's bulked on the weight that he needs to be at that, be sufficient at that weight strength-wise, I think he can be a matchup problem for Anderson with his wrestling. But you know, this fight is six years too late. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, you know, when when they were both reigning, you know that that's the fight you wanted to see. Will I still watch it if they do it? Absolutely. But even back then, I didn't think that was a good fight for GSP. You know, it, it might be 185 pounds, but you know, if you're cutting 15 pounds to make 185, and the other guy's cutting 40. Yeah, that's a little different, right? It's a, it's a, it's a completely different ball game. Now, granted, you know when you look at guys that, you know, the last guy, you know, Michael Bisping did pretty well against Anderson Silva. You know, his his last fight out, they're about the same size. But I, I don't know that GSP, GSP stand up is, uh, you know, going to be that uh, that crisp. No, you know, and especially with the fact that he's been off for two years, you know. So right. If, if that fight does happen, to me, the biggest factors are going to be how much does ring rust take a, take part in it, 
and how how much bigger is George St. Pierre going to be? Um, because I think if, you know, in a alternate universe, if both these guys were the same size, I think Anderson Silva would lose a fight to George St. Pierre because of the skill set differences. Definitely. But, but yeah, Definitely. but, you know, even six years ago, even six years ago, you know, if George St. Pierre would have moved up from 170 with his belt to 185, you know, the size difference was just and then and in fact that was you know we've talked about this several times before that was the driving reason why he never accepted that fight back then anyway was because he was yeah. smart enough to realize that the weight was just too much too big of a difference. Well, I think the way he said it back then was you know what I have to do to make 170 right is you know, pretty grueling, right? So then if I if I if I get my body used to making 185 pounds, I'm not going to want to go back to 170. I think that's what he, I think that was his reasoning. I recall that was his reasoning for not doing that fight, you know, back then. And then not soon after anyway, it didn't matter because Anderson Silva lost and, you know, George St. George St. Pierre vacated after a uh, close decision against Johnny Hendricks. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know who else he would fight. That would be that would be exciting. Yeah, I mean, really, it's probably out of Anderson or uh, or Nick Diaz. I mean, there's really not. Maybe maybe Nate Diaz. I mean, there's just really not any anything out there for him if he's not getting the title shot right away at 170. Right. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, and. Uh, you know, he should get one tune-up, then maybe get his title shot. But, I mean, you know, it's not like uh, – it's not really – it's not a Dominic Cruz situation, though, you know, where, you know, Dominic was, you know, injured, so they had to take the belt away, you know, and change hands and all that. Um, this is more, hey, you know, he, he said he walked away from it. So, you know, he should have to fight a couple of times, I think, before he gets a title shot. Moving on with some more news, of course, the big announcement this past week, uh, or the past couple of weeks of uh, the UFC's debut in Madison Square Garden, which is UFC 205. Um, and, of course, the big match, the big fight that was uh, brought up there and, and made official was uh, that Eddie Alvarez is going to defend the 155-pound title against Conor McGregor. And, <laughs> Here's the point that I wanted to make on that, going back to what you said about perhaps something being over Dana White's head. Because the past eight months, Dana White has told us a couple of times that Conor McGregor's either got to give this belt up or go back down and defend it. And I think that from a sports standpoint, I know you agree with this because we've talked about this before. The right thing for him to do is go back and defend that belt or give it up. Clearly, he's not doing that. And um, I got to think that, you know, the new owners are making some kind of an impact on a decision like this because not only is the guys at 145, although Edgar, you know, whoever's down there uh, looking to get a shot, 
they're getting passed over, but now you got Tony Ferguson getting passed over. You got Khabib Nurmagomedov getting passed over at 155. A lot of people are getting the screws for uh, them to cash this paycheck right here. Yeah, the only person I really see getting uh, getting screwed over in that deal is Tony Ferguson. Khabib hasn't fought in so long because he's had to pull out with so many injuries. I, you know, I don't think that he gets the titles out right away anymore. You know, at one point you could have made that case for him. I just, I just don't see it there. Um, with Tony Ferguson, definitely, man. That guy is just, I mean, he's just on a tear. He's on a tear and he loves to fight. That's a fight right there, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's two guys are going to fight. Not to say Alvarez and McGregor aren't going to fight. And through the, through all of this. Jose Aldo is trying to get out of his UFC contract. He doesn't even want to fight anymore. So it's just uh, it gets uh, it gets stranger and stranger. You know, maybe if he wins 55, he'll vacate. He'll hold them simultaneously. He'll vacate one, and uh, if he does vacate one, it will be 145 pounds. Yeah, I don't. I, I... I don't, I don't like, I don't like this. I just don't like it at all. I mean, I, I'd love to fight. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just think it's bad decision making. I mean, I mean, I think it's a money grab. Let me put it like that. It's a money grab, and I guess if I'm the one that the money's getting deposited into my bank account, then that's probably what I would do too. But uh, yeah, you know, again, I mean, it just, it just backs up what I've been saying for years that. Um, you know, hey, the UFC bottom line is entertainment first and sports second, and it will always be like right. that. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's how they make it a money maker, right? That's how. That's how they have all the cards, and that's how they do what they do. You know, at the end of the day, it's still a business, and business got to business has to work. Um. They 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 actually showed a list of a small uh, very small majority owners in the UFC. <laughs> I mean these guys probably don't have like business decisions. They're probably just investors. But it's uh, I mean it's it's weird, man. It's uh, anybody anybody from like Tom Brady all the way up to I can't even remember. There was like all these people, all these people who you wouldn't even think that would you know even care. But uh, have like a small, a very, a very small percentage in it. But uh, you know, just I guess for investment purposes, it yeah, is I a money grab. Do you see that list? It was, it was a strange list. I think Serena Williams is on that list. It was, yeah, it is Mark a money grab. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it is a money grab. It has to be a money grab. That's just the way, you know, that's that's the way sport is, man. You know, it can't you can't you don't want to make it completely like boxing, right? You still want to make it exciting, but it's got to be some sort of a money grab. Now, if they start, you know, leaning on it too much to where, you know, guys that in other weight divisions are just, you know, they're getting screwed over and that sort of thing, you can't do that. And right now, 45 is just stagnant. Man, and you know, there's a lot of exciting fights at 145 pounds, and right now it's just stagnant because the title holder, the belt holder, is not defending, and uh, none of the other guys can really fight. And the guy who's the interim champ doesn't even want to fight anymore. I think he wants to fight. I think he just wants to fight Conor McGregor. 
and I think he, like a lot of the guys, are frustrated with Conor McGregor being able to make his own fights. Yeah. Um, you know, and I can understand that. But it's, I don't know. At the, at the end of the day, I, I, just hope, I just hope that in two years we're not having a sim, similar conversation that sounds like, man, this thing is becoming boxing. Yeah. Because with new ownership and new people making decisions, um, they got who did they promote to matchmaking? Sean Shelby, I think, or, or somebody like that. I, I, I don't remember who the name was. But Sean Shelby's but, um, been around for a while, though, so that's not a bad thing. I just, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I hate to see it. It's, it's so commercial no, Sean now. Sean Shelby There's was so a many fights now. It's already Sean Shelby was a matchmaker. Yeah. Yeah, he so, was the lower, I mean, the lower weight, uh, the lower weight matchmaker. Yeah. Yeah. So, he'll do fine. I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's it's getting diluted and things like that. When it starts just becoming ridiculously stupid, that's uh, that's when you know. When <laughs> that's when you know, guys like Dane and all they'll probably get out. I mean, it's uh, the whole idea was to not turn it in, not turn it into boxing, right? Not have 18 sanctioning divisions and guys fight once a year. You know, there's no entertainment value behind it. It's, uh, I had, you know, I was having this discussion with somebody, I think it was last week, and we were talking about the entertainment value of the fight. And uh, they're like, well, the main event, I can't remember what card it was. And I'm like, well, that, you know, that main event, he was like, that main event was, was horrible. And I said, yeah, but. Did you watch the rest of the fights? No, nah, I just watched the co-main and the main event. Well, why didn't you watch the rest of the fights? Why? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't watch them. See, when you watch before, you know, I used to watch a lot of boxing. When And I noticed one thing about people who watch boxing pay-per-view. They only want to watch the co-main event and the main event. They don't watch all the undercard fights. Whereas on a UFC card, man, I'll watch all the fights because if the main event disappointed Somebody in there made up for that. Usually there's, you know, out of 11 fights, there's probably seven or eight good ones. You can find seven or eight good fights. And uh, that's, you want to keep that type of fan base going. You don't want to, you don't want the fan base that just drops in to watch the, well, man, I paid 60 bucks to watch that main event. I mean, that's it's not why you watch these cards. You watch these cards to watch it, to watch everybody top to bottom because it's always, it's always better that way. It's always a good card. Yeah, and that's much of what mixed martial arts appeal is, I think. And you've got 11 fights. You pay $60. You get five, but you've got the other five on television for free. You know, you've got a whole right. evening worth of, of of fights that you can watch with your friends or, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. And, um you know, feel like you get your money's worth, whereas in boxing, the stigma always was, you know, it's it's main event, co-main event, most of the time just main event. And, um, right. you know, if the main event's a dud, like Pacquiao versus Mayweather, then, man, I just blew my $100 that I spent on that. And it's, right. I think it's very rare that you feel like you blew your fifty-four ninety-five uh, for a UFC event. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing is, right, and I'm telling this other person, I'm going, hey, you know, because they're they're coming over from boxing, 
I'm like, well, you're doing it wrong. You're what you're used to. You're trying to watch, you know, mixed martial arts like you were watching boxing. You're just tuning in for the last two fights of the night. Watch them all. Watch them all, and you won't be disappointed, right? There's going to be entertainment value somewhere along the line. You don't have to just watch the last two fights and hope that you didn't waste your money. Yeah, that's true. Any, you know, and, and that's, I tell people the same thing. You can't, you know, if you're trying to figure out what this MMA thing is about, what the UFC is about, you can't watch two fights and make your decision. You right. gotta watch a couple of cards, and it, it'll probably even be five or six cards if you're new to it before you even understand what's happening. Um, if you know, in certain situations, so you know, you got to give it time. You got to watch fights. You got to you know, give it an op- give it a chance to be what it is, and that's uh, very entertaining. And uh, you know, you can't get a good sampling of that a lot of times if you're just watching one or two fights. Definitely, that's right. So UFC 204 is tomorrow night, Manchester, England. Michael Bisping gets to walk down that aisle as champion. In England, I'm sure it's going to be a big, big night for him. Of course, I can remember the first meeting between these guys like it was yesterday. I think I have it <laughs> on a DVD somewhere. So I ripped off my DVR back in the day. And if I remember correctly, I think we all watched this one together at UFC 100 where uh, man, Dan Henderson starched Michael Bisping, one for the ages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, that, that fight will always be remembered for the uh, flying for the flying elbow drop that Dan Harrison laid on him, you know, after he'd already knocked uh, Michael Bisping out. And, you know, some people, some people would go as far as to say, well, man, that was kind of uncalled for. But, you know, in, in all fairness to Dan Anderson, he knocked out Michael Bisping clean. He didn't know if the guy was going to get up or not, so he just went for it. And when you're when you're mid-flight, I mean, you can't stop that elbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he couldn't just uh, levitate there and there. It was once he All went right. up. I mean, he had no. He was already flying. Out. He was already flying, and whoever the ref was that night was like, "I'm not getting down there and taking that elbow." So he, uh, you know. Well, we all, and then we all know what happened after that. So, I mean, it was uh, it was a good one. I, unfortunately, uh, while I see it being a good one this time, I don't see an ending like that. Man, I think it's possible, but I just I don't either. I think Michael Bisping, you know, Dan Henderson has lost a lot. I don't mean fights. I mean, he's lost a lot of fights since then too, but, you know, he's lost a lot of, his athleticism, his speed, um, it just his, his movement. And uh, Michael Bisping really is just, I think, uh, even at, you know, the wrong side of 35, he's really in his swing right now. And uh, I, I look for Michael Bisping to uh, take Dan Henderson apart tomorrow and uh, probably probably get him out of there at some point in the fight. Yeah. I would say, though, if Dan cuts him down and he makes it into a showgun fight, you know, I mean, it could, it could, it could be bad, you know, for, uh, for Michael Bisping. I mean, 
But you know what, That's though? The, a, difference, uh, though between, the difference to me between Shogun and Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping is Dan Henderson, Shogun Hua get tired. Michael Bisping does not get tired. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Henderson's got some cardio. He's just getting a little older. So, But in, the reason why... The reason why I lean towards more towards Bisping, just because, you know, he's in his groove right now. And Dan Henderson's already thinking, you know, I'm done whether I win, lose, or draw. And, you know, he's got it's gonna be his last fight and you know, I hope he you know, I hope he I hope he wins just for, you know, that uh you know, the whole uh that whole fairy tale experience, man. You know, that's a uh, if you can even link that up to a you know, a fighting scenario. <laughs> But you know that would just that would put the that would put the icing on it all. He wins it, but then you know, but then he's going to vacate right after he wins it. So I don't know. I just yeah. feel like uh, I feel like Bisping's going to be the fresher fighter, I guess. Yeah. Mentally and yeah. physically. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, Michael Bisping retains the belt tomorrow night. So you're going the same way. I'm going the same way. Real quick before we wrap it up. Uh, and I love Dan Henderson. on the same way. Yeah. Co-main event, deflated uh, Vitor Belfort versus Gaylord Musasi. I'm going to take Gaylord Musasi. I'll take Musasi on that one. I'm, the I'm most uninterested like fighter in the history of UFC. <laughs> he, he is stoic. Like just, is he, he doesn't <laughs> want to be in there. He's not interested in fighting. He looks like he is bored out of his mind. Like, all right, can we hurry up and get this done? Yeah. Just give me your chin. That's going to bring the show to a wrap. UFC 204 is all night on pay-per-view. I need some time to check it out. That's your on Sunday.